welcome to Unbossed. I am so glad you are here today. We have a show for you and I am extraordinarily excited. So excited that I will get out of my chair, but my producers would not like that. To have Francesca Fortini here, I have been waiting for her to come back. She has a new bundle of joy. I'm so <laughs> happy for you and the family. Thank you. Yes, uh, you know, just uh, growing the armies as we must do for the future. Uh, just kidding. No, 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 no one's doing that. I'm so happy to be with you, Senator Turner, here on Unbossed. This is my debut. This is the yeah. newest show on TYT. That intro was mwah, beautiful, uh, soulful. Um, Inspiring. I'm excited, even though I know we have to talk about Ron DeSantis this hour. Which oh, I know. Oh my God. But yes, I'm telling you, every time I hear that intro, I think, man, what a privilege to have my own walk on music. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So In stand up comedy, they're always like, what's your walk on song? And you're like, yeah. I don't know. What do I do? Like, in vogue, is that going to be too old school? Like, you never know, like, when the beat drops. Anyway. <laughs> no, I get it. I think whatever floats somebody's boat, for the most part, they should walk on. If it lifts their spirit and puts them in the groove, yeah. their walk on music. Absolutely. Today, yes, Francesca just really, uh, she let us know we will be talking about Desanctimonious. You guys know I love that name, the Trump gay, that brother. <laughs> also, on today's show, first up, we'll be discussing Brittany Griner. We have some updates. She is facing horrific conditions in a in Russia in the penal colony. And then yes, Ron DeSanctimonious fails to realize the injustices within American society. This, I, I kid you not, yeah, wait, I don't wanna give it away. And finally, the king of neoliberals, you have to keep watching to find out who exactly that is. So we're gonna get into it. Brittany Griner update. So every single day on Unboss, as you know, we talk about Brittany Griner. We remind you to lift her up, to lift her family up, how we must not relent. We have to keep pressure on to bring her home, to support her family on social media, however you can. We know that there are some people working behind the scenes, both the government and others working to try to bring her home. So we have an update. So the clock continues to tick as Brittany Griner suffers in a Russian penal colony. And for the love of all things good, please bring her home. Take a look at this headline, Brittany Griner facing terrible life at remote penal colony in Russia. So a description of a typical day and living conditions at that penal colony as written by David in the Los Angeles Times. The inmates at IK2 Penal Colony rise at 6 a.m. each day for a breakfast of milk porridge, bread, and tea. Soon they leave their barracks at this aging facility about 300 miles southeast of Moscow in the isolated Republic of Mardovia. That is a typical day in the morning. And David goes on, long days are spent in forced labor working at sewing machines with only a short break for lunch. By nightfall, prisoners are fed dinner and allowed an hour or less of free time before going to sleep in dormitories crowded with scores of bunk beds. The routine reportedly can stretch for weeks on end with no days off. The reporting goes on, it is unclear if one of the newest arrivals, American basketball star Brittany Griner, will take part in this strict regiment or receive special treatment. But experts familiar with the criminal justice system in Russia paint a wormsome picture. I cringe to even call it any type of justice at all, Francesca. No, absolutely it's not. And and what's you know so important to remember is that this is a penal colony where um, people are sentenced for the same kinds of minor crimes or non-existent crimes that Brittany herself was sentenced for. So um, there is a lot of solidarity and there has to, this has to be an understanding of what happens under a totalitarian type government that does not care uh, about the most minor infractions. And yes, the United States has its own um, completely unjust criminal system, criminal justice system in heavy quotation marks. Um, 
But this is the future that Republicans want for this country. They want, oh, a little bit of hash oil in your uh, in a vape pen. Oh, go go to a penal colony. We'll get some free labor out of you, right? We have to remember that they idolize someone like Vladimir Putin for these kinds of policies. So I'm sure Brittany's in there with other people who have, you know, I don't know, stolen a loaf of bread, spoken out about Vladimir Putin, right? Like small things like that. Um, but you know, I know you've talked about this, but you can't. You cannot talk about this story without imagining what would happen if LeBron <laughs> were were in a penal colony, right? Like 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 if an, a male NBA player, if a you know a white prisoner, if a male prisoner, just like just all the different permutations of privilege that would enable someone to probably get out of this situation a lot faster than Griner is. No, you are exactly right, and yes, as we have talked about this story time and time again. We remind our viewers that one of the reasons why she went to Russia anyway is because of the income disparity between NBA players and WNBA players forcing our women players to go overseas to try to make extra money. One of the reasons why she is there. And we have a university professor from Texas weighing in on the conditions that are there. And let's put up what she had to say. And uh, Professor Marina, she said her life will be very difficult. It will be terrible. And she is an expert on uh, the Russia prison system. Now, among Russia's hundreds of prisons, the 21 facilities clustered in Mordovia are especially notorious. Russia Behind Bars, a humanitarian group based in Moscow, alleges that labor conditions at the IK2 violate national law. Medical care is limited and substandard food provides little substance, especially during long cold or substance, uh, substance, excuse me, especially during long cold winters. So this is really a sad situation and we are going to continue to update you on what is happening to Brittany Reiner. Again, you can show your support, it doesn't take a whole lot. The family has asked, and they asked this months ago, that if you utilize social media, hashtag WeRBG, that mm. is WeRBG. We will continue to let you know every single day what is happening to Brittany Griner. Let's bring her home. Now we're on to your story, Francesca. The DeSantis <laughs> lawyer's definition of woke. Do you remember when DeSantis said this? Watch. We reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Ah, the woke mob. So nothing about how he shipped immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and wasted taxpayers dollars in Florida, but he was, yeah, that woke mob, he definitely wants to stop. Now that was DeSantis after he got reelected in these in the past midterms. This all stemmed from DeSantis Anti-Woke Act, which he proposed in December of 2021 and signed into law of, signed into law in April of this year. This headline, Governor Ron DeSantis signs legislation to protect Floridians from discrimination and woke indoctrination. So this legislation obviously and rightfully was met with a backlash. Ron DeSantis faces Florida lawsuit over anti-woke law. Or how about this headline, positively dystopian, Florida judge blocks DeSantis anti-woke law for colleges. A judge determined policies from the law violate the First Amendment free speech protections, along with due process rights in the 14th Amendment on college campuses. You know, this guy has so much more, Francesca, that he could be doing to make sure that the lives of people who live, work, and play in Florida are enhanced. But oh no, he's going on a rampage against wokeness. I mean, Look, I don't know what you hear when you hear we're gonna fight the woke, we're gonna fight, we're anti-woke. Florida is where woke goes to die. I hear people of color, I hear immigrants, I hear black Americans, I hear uh, undocumented people, I hear, but specifically I just hear like 
people of color. Like basically he's saying, and I think of the you know black Floridians, Latinos living in Florida, like what are you saying? That we're going, they go there to die? Because that's effectively what it is. It is shorthand. It is it is the same way that in you know the 80s and 90s, you say thug and you mean black person. You say gangbanger and you mean black person. Now it's just woke. It's Come even on. broader, but it's just it's civil rights. It's like we stand against civil rights. We stand against equality and we stand against any amount of justice. So so just say what you mean, and I know we're gonna get on because they were forced to say what they meant. But I, I think it's really important and it's interesting that a judge struck that down on college campuses saying, no, no, you you're literally limiting free speech by preventing people from talking about inequality. Uh, civil rights, uh, histories of this very country we live in. So at least there's a small win there. Definitely a small win. This man is delusional. How he got reelected, God only knows. I mean, Democrats, well, anyway, I won't even go down that rabbit <laughs> we hole. We know what happened. Yeah, yeah, we know exactly what happened. So let me not even pretend that I don't. <laughs> but thank God, you're right, a small, a small glimmer. A light at the end of this tunnel. But it was during the trial of suspended Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren, who DeSantis claims defied his anti-abortion stance, that attorneys for DeSantis were asked to define woke. And here it is. During a three-day trial this week, challenging Governor Ron DeSantis's Suspension of Hillborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren. Attorneys for Warren were able to put the question to aides for DeSantis, who called Florida the place where, quote, woke goes to die, end quote, in his victory speech after being reelected last month. Mm -hmm. So this is what they had to say. To me, it means someone who believes that there are systemic injustices in the criminal justice system. And on that basis, they can decline to fully enforce and uphold law. It would be the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. Good God Almighty, Francesca, (laughs) the truth comes out. And the fact that you are dealing with a governor of a state in the United States of America who believes that all the systemic failures of this nation based on race in particular are over. The man should not be anywhere near this kind of power if he believes that all of the felons of this country have been fixed. I mean, French, one of the reasons he doesn't want Anybody talking about wokeness is because he doesn't want people to know. It's revisionist history, is what I say. Totally. And it's interesting that when push comes to shove, notice how the words race are absent from that definition because DeSantis is one of those Republicans that's still trying to code their language. And woke is a word that just again codes when they actually want to say, um, we we are trying to defend white lives supposedly which are supposedly under attack and white people are the victim that's effectively what they're saying that's what the crowd is cheering for but in the court of law they can't say that so instead they they zoom out and they give this really broad description uh anyone who thinks there are systemic injustices and you're like well i'm pretty sure anyone no matter what color they are thinks there are systemic injustices in this country so like what are you really talking about cuz you could talk about working class people or people who can't get healthcare poor folks or whatever can't find a job that's a systemic injustice and nothing to do with where you're from or you know your histories of race in this country. So it's like, it's funny how they shy away from the real definition that we all know they mean. Um, and they give that broad definition, which as you pointed out, is so ridiculous in the first place. No, it really is. And you know, Newman added, so this wasn't it. <laughs> Let's go on to what he added. Newman added that DeSantis doesn't believe there are systemic injustices in the United States. You know what? He would. He also emphasized he believed Warren's woke wokeism led him to sign the pledge not to prosecute abortion crimes, the primary factor that led to his suspension. Why? Because Warren had a consciousness. Is that what it was, Governor? And you lack one? I mean, it just really is very convenient for him not to believe that there are any systemic failures. White man in America 
yeah. not believing that there are any systemic failures in this system in the United States of America. So I, just, I know that the, sancti the sanctimonious is full of it, but we need to check him anyway. And here is a breakdown by the Human Rights Watch of injustices that US lags behind in, just in case this governor needs to be reminded. The United States continues to fail to fulfill its human rights commitments, most notably in the area of racial justice as reflected in the country's failure to end systemic racism linked to the legacies of slavery, abusive structures of incarceration, immigration enforcement, everything you just said, Francesca, mm -hmm. and social control affecting many racial and ethnic minorities and the black white wealth gap that persists alongside an overall slight increase in economic inequality, which has been going on since the inception of this country. So Governor Rod DeSantis, just in case you didn't get a clue, we're going to bold this, underline it, put an exclamation point, put a message in the bottle and send it to you on a train because <laughs> you need help. I mean, friends, this, this brother needs a whole lot of help. He really does. No, it's, it's, it's amazing how you're like, I don't see injustice from my ivory tower of privilege. Like, oh, of course you wouldn't. Because things are good for you. That's right. That's it. They're good for him. And you know, I would be sitting here actually all week long <laughs> if we broke down the injustices across the country. But let's just look at Florida itself. Again, Governor, this is for you. Florida's voter fraud arrests are scaring away formerly incarcerated voters. DeSantis made a spectacle of arresting voters with felony convictions. Now, some eligible voters are opting out of midterms, even beyond. Florida. Some of you may be old enough to remember that there was a, a vote in the state of Florida to give returning citizens the opportunity to be able to vote in Florida. The people of Florida overwhelmingly voted for that. And this governor and that legislature found a way to take that and to take that away. And let's take a look. And this heartbreaking statistic, more than half. 56% of Florida's 4 million children are living in or near poverty or in households that are one missed paycheck or lost job away from affording basic needs. Nearly two in 10 or 17% of Florida's children live below the federal poverty line, which means earning less than $26,000 and some change per year for a family of four, ranking Florida as the 35th among the other states. The majority of these children, 71% are black or Latinx. And even if they were white or, or any other ethnic group, it would be the same thing. Governor, check yourself, baby, before you wreck yourself. You are a problem. Florida, please, please do not. This man got to go, Florida. Do us a favor in the United States of America. Y'all need to wake up because this governor ain't woke at all. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the show, my absolute favorite part. I'm so glad we get to do this at two points in the show. And here's point number one, TYT member, tall glass of shut up juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love these names. Tall glass of shut up juice says, two of my favorite ladies bringing me news and current events with three beautiful hearts. Thank Aww. you so much. Isn't that sweet, Francesca? So Tall sweet. Glass of shut up. We appreciate you, baby. I, know. I was like, that's not for us. <laughs> no, not, not for we us. We get the talk home. more juice. Talk more juice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and on Twitch, Overseer Dixon. Hey, Overseer Dixon. Overseer Dixon is a regular. Sending you love, baby. Says, oh, hell yeah. It's unbossed <laughs> time once again. My favorite time of the day. Keep fighting. Love you both. And we are sending that love back to you, Overseer Dixon. And then we have Omega says, bold it, underline it, put an exclamation point, and a message in the bottle needs to be a be on a shift already. <laughs> on a shirt, I'm sorry, on a shirt already. Thank you so much for that, Omega. Yes, Marissa has said the same thing. One of our producers, she believes the same thing. <laughs> we are gonna work on that. We're gonna work on getting that on the t-shirt, baby. Yes, we are. And then on YouTube, Super Chat Parker says, yay, Francesca and Nina, let's go. Exclamation <laughs> points with fire and heart. Yes, we received that. We are fiery and we got a whole lot of love. 
loving on all of you for tuning in with us today. We really appreciate your support of Unbossed and TYT Network. We could not do what we do without you, boo. So we love you. Speaking of love, again, hashtag we are BG, we are BG. We must continue to lift and support Brittany Griner, bring her home. And do not forget about our sisters and brothers and family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi. Go to tyt.com slash relief. That is tyt.com slash relief. So the Dems sold out the rail workers, as you know, here at Unboss, we have been rolling with this story since the beginning. And I am still hot about it. I, I, I gotta get that fire extinguisher. I don't have it yet, but I, baby, I'm gonna get one. So we <laughs> must never forget. And this betrayal of the rail workers is not one and done. It will have an impact for decades on not just the rail workers, but all other workers in this country. This is a moment that workers must unite all for one and one for all. They're coming for the rail workers, it'll be you next time. This has sent a signal to the oligarchs that the federal government and in control of Democrats will come for workers and do the bidding of their owner donors. There is no other way, sisters and brothers and family and friends, to describe what the Democrats who are in control of the Senate, in control of the House, and in control of the presidency, how they have betrayed workers. Yes, they have. And we will not let the Republicans off the hook either, baby. They are in the betrayal line as well. But the folks who are in full control in this moment, are the Democrats. Let's put up this headline, this fantastic reporting by David Sirota of The Lever. Dems could have helped rail workers by doing nothing. Lawmakers could have stayed out of the rail dispute, but they chose to help rail barons by intervening. And that's what David means by that. They could have done nothing like they usually do and let the workers use their leverage. And their leverage was to be able to strike. But oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh, hell no, they could not do that. They had to dip in here in a way that hurts the workers. So let's look at how David Sirota lays this out, shall we? Yes, we shall, come with me. In most political battles against abusive corporations, workers need politicians to take action. But in this week's, meaning last week's, skirmish over the nation's rail system, workers merely needed Democrats to perform the one task they're usually best at, doing absolutely nothing. But the party's Washington lawmakers are so owned. Mm. Let me read that one more time. Now y'all know this is an underlined bold exclamation point. Put it in a message in a bottle moment. But the party's Washington lawmakers are so owned, they refuse to even do that. What is that? That nothing like they usually do. They are owned indeed. And Sirota goes deeper in his explanation of what happened. Lost in the congressional machinations, the corporate punditry and the partisan cheerleading was a simple fact. Railroad executives, not rail workers, were the ones desperate for congressional legislation to prevent a work stoppage, preserve their skyrocketing profits, and protect their inhumane precision schedule business model. Those executives needed President Joe Biden and congressional lawmakers to affirmatively invoke an ancient strike busting law that would force workers to toll without appropriate paid sick leave. Francesca, I'm gonna bring you in on here. I cannot wrap my mind around, I cannot understand, I will never understand, and I will not accept this, what just happened to these rail workers, and how anybody on God's green earth can think it is okay for workers not to be able to have paid sick time and also family leave. This is cruel and unusual punishment. And while the United States is always pointing its finger at somebody else, we ought to get the moat out of our own damn eye before we go pointing our fingers at somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, is American exceptionalism dead yet? Guys, hey. can can we just put that final nail in the coffin? Because we are only exceptional in how much we say that we're amazing, but fail to live up to being 
even just mediocre. I think that's what this whole thing has proved proven. But you know, I've been trying to find my way around this story. Be like, okay, there was something. There must have been some reason why they had to do the way they did. No, there wasn't. In fact, and Sirota's right. What could have happened is the federal government could have just stayed out of it. Just stay out of it. Don't invoke the Railway Labor Act, which is arcane, which has it's way too much control over one industry specifically designed to basically allow like railway barons um, like Warren Buffett, who is supposedly a liberal, but no, 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 he's just a rich guy, just like a lot, you know, just like Richies are around the country. Uh, he wants to get his profit. They could have done nothing. But instead, they decided to intervene. So he's absolutely right about that. And what he, what should have happened is they let it play out. Let the workers go on strike. Let the bosses feel the pressure. Let strikes do what strikes do, which is bring the bosses to the negotiating table and actually come to an agreement. Stop getting in the way of that, right? And and it's so sad that push comes a shove, and it is status quo, Joe. Right, like this isn't the most pro labor president because when he has an opportunity to show up, he doesn't. Yes, the NLRB has done some good things. Yes, they have, let's say, required Amazon to now apologize to JFK 8 workers at ALU, which I think is amazing. They're like, oh, we can't retaliate. There's small wins around Starbucks, around Amazon. Ah, but when it's the railways, when it's when it might make my administration look bad because it'll stop goods from getting to people and there might be an economic downturn and then people are gonna blame me. No, then I will not stick my neck out at all. No, not at all. And don't forget during the 2020 primary, Mr. Biden at the time stood up before some donors and said nothing will fundamentally change for you. And he meant that he delivered on that with this railway intervention. David Sirota goes on to say, because it was capital, not labor, that needed government action. The Democrats who control the government had all the levers to secure a rare win for the union workers who they purport to represent. Let's take a look at this tweet from the lever. Democrats passed the strike breaking bill for their rail industry donors, who I call owner donors, with the kind of discipline, purpose, and accredity that the party has never mustered for long promise, but still languishing initiatives such as the $15 minimum wage and the PRO Act. David hits the nail on the head right there. Where is all this smoke for the things that would actually lift working people in this country? Y'all don't have it, but with laser precision, y'all did all of this mischief. And the <laughs> resolution to the problem is very simple. Let's see what my stunt double. Uh, had to say about that. She she weighed in here. It's simple, side with the workers. And on the vice headline <laughs> motherboard, more than 500 labor historians condemn Biden's intervention in freight rail dispute. Even the historians, now, now I gotta tell y'all something, when the historians got to get involved, you know it's bad. Right. You know, Francesca, we are in yeah. trouble when historic, historians start jumping into the fight and they condemn Condemn is a very strong word. And it is yeah. encouraging though, Francesca, the, the rail workers are still at it. They have a fund, they have put up a GoFundMe uh, to be able to fund and help rail workers. Let's put that up, special bulletin, Rail Workers United announces fundraising campaign. By giving to RWU, you become a steward of fairness and decency on the railroads, which are so crucial to the supply chain. Join our struggle and please donate today. Thank you. So please, 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 if you can, go and help them. They need our help. And that is one of the best ways that we can show solidarity with them is to help them. And as David Sirota goes on to further remind us that this does not have to be the final chapter in this. And so he put out this tweet today, a reminder to at AOC, at Jamal Bowman, New York, at Pramila Jayapal, and all of the United States progressives, that caucus, that progressive mm-hmm. caucus, which is a joke, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I was thinking that and I said it out loud. You could demand <laughs> Democratic leaders add language into the must pass end of the year spending bill that provides six six days to rail workers. Biden could also do it in an executive order. So what 
Francesca and I want all of you to know that this does not have to end this way, that the power is there for this Congress and this president to do something different, that progressives can leverage their power and stop letting Joe Manchin, President Joe Manchin have all the fun. Leverage your power in this must pass end of the year bill and get those sick days in there for those rail workers. Please, for the love of God, do that. And y'all know I wanna bold that, underline it, exclamation point, and message in the bottle. Do something <laughs> for the rail workers and not just your owner donors. All right, coal miners are still striking. They're striking too, and they've kind of been left out. So we're bringing them back here on Unboss. We talked about them before, they are still there. 600 days and counting, Alabama coal miners have spent 600 days on strike. That is approximately 20 months. Now, all of you know that when workers go on strike, they don't get paid. This is really hard. When, a, when, when workers take this position, they are making a sacrifice of epic proportions for them as individuals and also for their families, but also for future workers who will come behind them in these professions. Let's put up this headline, Alabama coal miners began their 20th month on strike. That's well past the six week average for strikers. The miners believe it is the longest strike in Alabama's history. And they are striking for, what are they striking for? I'm glad you asked, fair wages, better health benefits, time off benefits. Francesca, it's the same story. Mm-hmm. We, we could write it for any, any worker, it is the same story. Benefits, work conditions, and wages. Well, I mean, and the coal miners strike is particularly interesting to me because as people who believe that we need climate action now, we are constantly told, uh, no, stop pitting yourselves against the workers. Don't do you hate coal miners? Wow, think of the coal miners. And first of all, let's leave aside the fact that like coal mining jobs are few and far between. There's no much there's not more to mine to be honest with you. Anyone will tell you that. But the miners who do remain are being treated like, you know, yesterday's compost, right? They're they're not being treated with respect. So here you have these workers and what Republican has spoken out in favor of them, right? When have you heard someone like Joe Manchin in the mining state of West Virginia speak out on behalf of the coal mine? No, 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 Republicans will prop them up and use them when they need to use them, which is only to hit back at any kind of climate legislation. But then when they actually want real benefits and they wanna work with dignity, nah, they're nowhere to be found. And so I think again, we need to cut across these like, Democrat Republican lines and understand that it is about workers against bosses, against people who against the 1%, you know, let's bring it back. Let's never forget the 99% that we are. And if we need to continue to frame things like that. That's it. It is the have versus the have nots, plain and simple. There is no middle ground here. The middle class has been crushed. And when you have coal miners, and your point, Francesca, about how they you know, laud the coal miners as they should. But when it comes down to really helping them be able to enhance their quality of life, they are nowhere to be found. Now out of the 900 miners who started the strike a year and a half ago, mm. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, <laughs> 500 remain according to the United Mine Workers of America. They stick with a classic union catchphrase. They'll last one day longer than the company. Come on, y'all, Love come it. through. French, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, a year and a half, and 500 folks are still standing strong. My God, again, we cannot emphasize this enough. It is a burden. You do not get paid, you do not get benefits. You don't even know if you're going to win when you go out on strike. This is courageous as heaven and hell for these workers to do this. We will outlast, come on, the company one day longer. So Warrior Meth has also remained resolute with negotiations stagnant. The mines have kept operating and earning the company millions in profits. That's why they continue to be resolute. So how do the miners survive the strike? I'm so glad that you asked that because if there's one group of American workers used to labor battles, it is the miners. So the miners come together as a community and they take care of each other. We need all 
working class people to do that, all labor unions to do that. Let's take a look at this. Every two weeks, the, the striking miners rally outside of a local union hall in Brookwood before shuffling inside to pick up $800 checks. God bless them, and that's not even enough, but God bless them for having that. Around the one year mark, the United Mine Workers of America said it had given out $20 million to its workers. Thank you, NPR, for this reporting. Hello, somebody on that. They come <laughs> together. And then union dues collected from miners across the country have been bolstered by donations from other unions and individuals. Together, they built up a war chest that could enable the strikers to remain on the picket line for years. Woo! Now, yes. this is a good underline, bold, underscore, message in a bottle, baby. <laughs> yes, this right here. Y'all better go ahead and follow the miners' lead on this. They lead this. So, the those strike checks are helping the miners be able to stay in this fight. Strike checks is how I'm making it. There's no doubt. This is what one miner said. No, no doubt. That is what the strikes, the, that's right. what the strike checks are. Brian Kelly from local 245. The president said that. And the community stands behind the strikers offering donations and jobs. And that's what it is. The whole notion that we are all in this together. Locals are helping the miners out, whether by keeping the local food pantry stock, providing backpacks for school, or toys as Christmas approaches. Francesca, you love to see beautiful. it. I mean, yeah. This is what solidarity is, and we don't have a lot of moments to point to, um, especially since the pandemic when it was like, oh, we're all on our own, you know, bye bye, like, right? And 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 yeah. so then here you're struck by these miners and their communities, and they pr are proving what I think um, we have forgotten in this country, which is the importance of a union and why dues matter and why actually having a union matters. It creates that kind of community that you're now seeing show up, but also it creates literal money. And so what corporations and bosses will fear monger around is why are you paying these dues? You don't need a middleman. Look, they're taking off your check. Da, 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 and they'll fear monger around taxes. It's like, yeah, there's people pay taxes for a reason, right? We pay union dues for a reason. And that is when these owners want to get one over on us and want to not give us, you know, we haven't had a raise in however many years. Then we can rely on that war chest, you know, to actually bolster us and to help us. And so again, we let the, let's not be um, you know, uh, propagandized in the way where it's like, ah, oh, it's all the union leadership. You know, honestly, union leadership, yes, sometimes they fail. Sometimes okay. they they try to, you know, they they make deals that workers are not on board with. But also, it's a hard job, and they are they are like a stalwart, right? They are there for a reason. There's an institutional union structure for a, a reason, and you're seeing it in these moments of striking. Yeah, we are seeing it. This is a beautiful, I mean, it's beautiful in that the the coal workers, the coal miners have the infrastructure necessary to outlast the bosses. And they are angry and they have every right to be angry. They're holding out on us on purpose and not giving us the contracts we deserve. I think it's evil, purely evil. And that's coming from a striking Alabama coal miner. And it is evil and they are doing it on purpose. But let's hope that these workers continue to be able to be out there. Please make sure you donate to them as well. But typically the goal of strike is to put the pressure on the employer. But that not the case for Warrior Meth Coal. They are holding out. And thank God almighty that Congress didn't get involved in this and mess with these workers. And then just one more, I wanna put up a tweet from Kim Kelly. And these reporters like Kim Kelly have been out there Holding up this story, the amount of quote tweets on this saying, why isn't anyone covering this? It's making my head explode. Some of us have been covering it for the entire 20 months. Instead yes. of parachuting in once and ignoring the women who kept this strike alive. You better go ahead and say that, Kim Kelly. And that's why we're highlighting right now. Thank you so much for keeping it alive. And we are going to tag in with you here on Unboss and keep it alive as well. We'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Stay. And welcome back. Second half of our viewer comments. Thank you all so very much. And we'll have Francesca talk about the vigilation room too. Let's get to the comments and we're gonna get to <laughs> Francesca right after that. I'm out of here, says so glad to see Franny back. 
whole bunch of exclamation <laughs> points. I've been anticipating your return to TYT. We missed you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I missed you too. <laughs> and on Twitch, Dory says, Nina and Fran are the dynamic duel. Thank you for bringing these important stories to us with wisdom and humor. You're welcome. Okay. And on YouTube Super Chat, Mr. Anderson says, now Mr. Anderson, did you take this name from the Matrix? Because that's what this reminds me of. I'm gonna pick, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Anderson says, what we have is socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor. You better say that, baby. All yes. types of socialism for the rich without hesitation. That is what we have in this country. Francesca, the Bituation Room, talk to us. Thank you so much. Yes, it's a podcast, it's a live stream. It's on the TYT Networks Podcast Network. That, that made sense. Uh, comedians, experts, every single Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I understand that it's the same time as Unbossed. So what I want you to do is just go back and forth between them. Just have two tabs open and watch them at the same time. Um, no, anyway, uh, yes, situation room, guys. Uh, catch me tomorrow, catch me anytime, listen as a podcast. Thank you so much. Yes, catch her and definitely toggle between the two. Or well, I'll understand on Tuesdays if you have to catch Unbossed uh, recorded. That'd be the yeah. only exception I would make. But yeah, definitely <laughs> I'll, I'll go between the two. Also on Wednesdays, I have the Twituation Room, which is also uh, right after Unbossed. So okay. that's just an hour on the TYT Twitch network. Don't miss it. So maybe, that. maybe Francesca can join you on that one. Since it's oh my God, that'd be great. I love we could, that. You could do that. Yeah. That one gets weird. Ooh, okay. I let's, mean, it's. We just kind of hang out. It gets weird. We just hang. Okay. Yeah. I might need a little weirdness in my life. I'm gonna test okay. it out. See what happens. Good. Good. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that as well. Oh, Joe Manchin has got me saying, "WTF, neoliberal with a sigh." We will now kneel. Miss Cinema. Miss Cinema. No. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Ah, uh, yeah. West Virginia, come get your man. Really, please, for the love of God, do that. I've been calling on God a lot in this show right now today. This is this kind of day for me on a Monday. So let's get into this. This morning, a coalition of environmentalists, public health campaigners, and progressive advocacy organizations issued a warning to Schumer and to Nancy Pelosi, urging them to keep out Joe Manchin's dirty deal in the military spending bill this month. The letter was signed by more than 750 groups. And we're scrolling those groups right now, 750 of them. Yeah, they're there saying, do not let this man, do not let him put his nonsense, his foolishness and mayhem, to quote one of my friends, in this legislation. Don't let him do it. But remember, Manchin was originally stopped, but he is at it again. So he kept out a must passed stoppage funding bill in September. The permitting reform package is the darling of Senator Joe Manchin who has tried to force the proposal through on several occasions as part of his agreement earlier this year to support the watered down inflation reduction act. And it was watered down indeed that passed both chambers of Congress and was and was signed into law by President Joe Biden. That is coming from reporting from Common Dreams. Thank you, John, so much. Now, but now he is trying to sneak this back in because he's sneaky like that. Since its earlier defeats, Manchin now wants to use the National Defense Authorization Act to force it through, despite widespread opposition from experts, critics, most members of his own Democratic Party, and outside campaigners. It's debatable whether most of his, the members of his own Democratic Party, I don't know, friend. I see you shaking your head, so just jump in. I mean, I don't even understand why this is still a conversation. And I hope no Democrat is entertaining actually adding this in. They do not owe Joe Manchin anything. Um, they successfully kept this out of the IRA legislation. And so it's done. It's a done deal, bro. Like you lost on this. And I just, I'm, I'm so wary of people like Chuck Schumer and wondering like what did he promise Manchin down the line? How did they, you know, 
like get him to go along? Did they did they promise him something else, even though this wasn't included? And again, this is all making it easier for fossil fuel projects to go through to make it easier for companies to have like you know a uh, just green light all their exploitation their projects right well the reality is is that they already have gas leases ready to go natural gas and oil leases ready to go right now and they're not moving forward on them why oh because scarcity helps their bottom line if they don't drill more right then they have they can charge more at the pump we understand that this is how it's working and joe biden's even called them out on it i mean very very well, lightly and after a while yeah. but he's called them out on it now i'll say i'm happy they're leaving oil in the ground but it's not none of it actually is because they care about consumers none of it's cuz of course they don't care about the environment but like what are we talking about? Why why do these companies need even more of an ease to pass to to get like licenses? The reality is it's just Joe Manchin. Like it's just his friends. It's just him and his friends and oil companies who pay him. And by the way, tomorrow is Tuesday. This is the runoff between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker and my god, can we render Joe Manchin impotent in the Senate by voting Reelecting Warnock. Hello, somebody on that, please. Yeah, let's do exactly that. I just wonder what Manchin has on these people. Maybe he has a Hoover list, because you know, Jay right? up a list on folks and he threatened them and bend them to his will. Manchin has got to have something on these people because they keep entertaining him. I used to call him the shadow president, but hell, he just flat out the president of the United States of America, the way he flexes and gets his way. And that's why progressives need to flex too right now and get their way and go ahead and put that sick time. Put that in there since Joe Manchin has the pure unadulterated gall to bring this back up. Y'all need to go ahead and put that sick leave in that bill and hold out for the, the real workers. Come on, do that. Now yes. this is outraged environmentalists and climate campaigners quoting Manchin's dirty deal is just as toxic and dangerous as before. The obvious fossil fuel giveaway would devastate communities and set back efforts to avoid a climate catastrophe, especially after the administration's support of phasing down fossil fuels at the global climate conference. President Biden and Congress have to stop pandering, hello, to one senator's climate killing agenda and reject any attempt to tackle this position, this poison pill to must pass legislation. Again, the brother, he got something on them. President Joe Manchin got something on the rest of these folks. Mm-hmm. And let's put this up, a reminder that Joe Manchin's home state leads in child poverty. So the man could be fighting like hell to end child poverty, but instead he's fighting like hell for his owner donors. That is exactly what this brother is doing and he has no fear of doing it. Uh, the military industrial complex continues to get more money. We're gonna come back to Joe Man. We're not gonna let him off the hook here, but we rolling. The military industrial complex continues to get more money. The military industrial complex, it is thriving. Why? Because we got war hawks in the mix. And again, Congress answering to its owner donors. Check out this headline, the Pentagon fails another audit, yet Congress holds to approve. $847 billion budget. This isn't using our tax dollars wisely, said the National Priorities Project. It is robbing programs that we need, like the discontinued child tax credit that cuts child poverty in half. Francesca, I, sometimes I feel like we're in the twilight zone, but this is real. <laughs> we can't even make this stuff up. Real. I mean, the United States is effectively the twilight zone at this point, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, the, the famous quote, it'll be a great day um, when all schools, when education is funded and the Pentagon has to hold a bake sale to buy a bomber, right? Like that, I just, we just want that day. And I, I messed that quote up, I'm sure. But look, fails an audit, we, we understand what that means, people. That means there is money that is unaccounted for. That means they just kind of get a bunch of our taxpayer dollars and and money from the federal government and they just go oops i don't know we put it i'm sure we bought something important right oh no no where did it go your weapons contractors your friends an 11 dollar bottle of water as we know happened in iraq and afghanistan and all the stories that came out of that don't get me started on the amount of waste um but do they have to answer for it no 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 right now republicans are freaking out about the irs going after 
getting more money to go after wealthy people. Cuz we know yeah. what the IRS does. They go after middle income people, poor people for not paying their taxes cuz we're the ones who don't have fancy accountants to fight them. Here it is folks, the United States of America and the military continues to build death machines that are robbing taxpayers by the minute. Talking about robbery, this headline, millions of Americans lack adequate health coverage, but the Pentagon has a new nuclear bomb to flaunt the ominous death machine with its price tag of 750 million a pop brings huge profits to Northrop Grumman. But takes our society one more step down the road of spiritual death. Peace activist Medea Benjamin said of the new B-21 Raider. Go ahead, Medea, lay it out there. And Congress seems to have an endless budget for the military. But God forbid we put money towards healthcare, education, and the basic necessities. This headline, the US spends far more on military than on education. Shame on us. These people can't be shamed. And according to Data Lab, USAspending.gov, the military budget is 11%. That's $755 billion, while spending on education is about 4%. That's $297 billion. Let's put up this tweet from the Institute for Policy Studies. The projected $847 billion asked for the 2023 Pentagon budget is 45 billion dollars more than Biden even requested. Some humans need that 45 billion alone, right? Could fund for a year registered nurses, public housing units, jobs at $15 an hour, solar energy for 128 million uh. homes. Lord have mercy on our souls. This is rotten. It is immoral as hell. And America, we need to wake up, right? We should be out on the streets for several reasons. What's happened to the rail workers, what's happening to the coal miners, what's happening to workers all across this country. And for the love of God, why the Congress continues to enrich the military industrial complex to the destruction of every other thing. We spend more money to, than the next nine or 10 nations combined and it's still not enough. At some point, we gotta say we are being complicit in our own damn demise. That is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow and I will be on fire still. So glad to have Francesca back in the house, baby. We are blessed to have Thank her back you. in the house. We love you, Francesca. And to all of you, we love you. Thank you for your support of TYT Network. You know what I want you to do? You absolutely know what I want you to do, boo. I want you to keep the faith. But more importantly, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.